0: Hello, and welcome back to the latest episode on The Road to Reckoning. My name is Noah.
1: And my name is Gavin.
0: And we're the Blanchard Brothers. We're your IMF agents for this outing. We're here to discuss. Maybe, maybe the best in the franchise. Maybe we're going to fight for it. I don't know. Certainly, yeah, a, certainly a big comeback movie that I don't feel like was given its just desserts at the time, uh, but really paved the way for everywhere the franchise was going to go. It was a, a pivotal moment and uh, also a pivotal moment for our star. So we'll be getting into all that. We're going to pick our team members. And then I think we're going to have a first time segment that we haven't really done so far, Mission Failures, because we've got a few, Uh, you know failed attempts before this one got off the ground some Ooh. alternate universes where we could have gotten some very very different uh mission impossible movies uh but we'll we'll detail those uh but we got we got a lot to talk about with our boy so maybe we should dive straight into uh cruise control career cruising what are we calling it i don't know it's been a while since we recorded one of these
1: yeah it was, yeah, yeah it has been um yeah, I guess you could say cruise control. Now, this isn't one of those that's like a Die Hard 3 where it was going to be something else, and then they said, why don't we just make it Mission Impossible? This is like a full-blown, like, his idea, right?
0: As far as I know, yes, this was this was not like a, you know, a pivot from something else. No, we can talk about some of the failed projects, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's talk about where our boy is. Uh, last we saw, Mr. Ethan Hunt... He was ready to get lost, you know? Oh yeah. Him and Thandaway just, uh, disappearing in the night. We can go ahead and mention that. They did ask her to come back and, uh, mm-hmm. she declined. And as you highlighted, might've had something to do with, uh, her siding with someone in the divorce quite possibly. Right. I think that's what happened there. Siding with her imagine. friend. Okay. So I gotta, I gotta get back to the old filmography. So, post Mission Impossible two, which to remind everyone was one of the highest-grossing films of its year, right. or it was the highest-grossing, correct?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, huge hit, uh, not a good movie, but a huge success nonetheless. Uh, he promptly follows that up with Vanilla Sky,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, which you know hit a hundred million, but is not fondly remembered by anybody except for, I think, myself and uh, a few of my friends from high school. Uh, but yeah, I love Vanilla Sky personally. I uh, I will kind of ride or die for Cameron Crowe um, up to a certain point. Not really anymore, but uh, for a while there. He was one of my dudes. One of my dudes. Follows that up with Minority Report. A hit, but not quite you know, what you would expect from Tom Cruise and Spielberg.
1: But weirdly, it, like when I see that, like it has aged like a fine wine, right. uh, yeah.
0: fantastic it's... movie, highly rewatchable, right? As is vanilla sky, in my opinion, but you know, I'm a weirdo. God, uh, your thoughts on minority report. I didn't mean, to cut you off, God.
1: Uh, I mean, it's one of those where like, I don't necessarily see things that were done in that, like, Science fiction tropes kind of like finding its way into stuff as much now, but I definitely feel like there's a certain group of people who are yeah. making sci-fi that like look directly at it and they're like, oh yeah, this is a this is a good one. Like I wanna, I wanna like do my own kind of you know homage to it in some certain way. But it it
0: arguably was a little bit of a revival because you have like well not a successful one, but you have John Woo pivoting to what paycheck, which I think we forgot to mention in the last episode. But that's like what two thousand three, two yeah. thousand four, um, but that's a that's a Philip K. Dick, I think, right? Right, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and so yeah, it almost like Minority Report kind of kicked off a little bit of another wave of it. You got iRobot a little bit down the road. What mm-hmm. was that like, two thousand four, two thousand five? Yeah, so, it was like
1: this weird kickback to like Philip K. Dick, Isaac Asimov, and like you know, and the like, like some of their maybe. Less known because like Red Planet comes out around this time too. And that, Red Planet's like
0: 99 and uh, thought. What thought yeah, that? that's uh,
1: I think
2: Red Planet is
0: 99 on the dot or 2000 on the dot,
1: yeah, 2000. You're right, yeah, yeah, yeah so there's then Mission to
0: Mars things. is right around then as well,
1: dude. Mission to Mars, man, what a good fucking movie
0: from Mr. Brian De Palma, yeah, they of just, Mission they, Impossible fame.
1: I know, right? Like, <laughs> they just, I mean, when's the last time you were just like, yo, Gary Sinise, like. And not to,
2: got there? No, I on. do love
0: I do love Gary sneeze uh, and then our boy Don Cheadle. Come on, man! I forgot Cheetle's the guy. I yeah, honestly dude, forgot yeah. that. Oh man, I and need to rewatch that movie. movie. Yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, not to get off on a whole space tangent, but I I mentioned it on a previous episode. Uh, I just rewatched Sunshine recently. Oh yeah. Oh my God, that holds up, brother. Oh good. It was like a borderline religious experience because I have not seen it since it came out. And I was like, oh, my God, I forgot. That's a 2007 movie, man. That's yeah. another one you forget about. That's a but post, it's in there.
1: That's a It's in D&D's there. He's pre um, Slumdog, right?
0: Yep. Right, right in the right, 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 right in there.
1: Slumdog.
0: Yeah. Alrighty, Uh Cameo in awesome Powers and gold member. That was fun.
1: Yeah, that was. That, like...
0: In Austin Pussy, if you remember.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: Yes. I'm still waiting for Austin Pussy. Like, they yeah. should just make that.
1: Right, especially after, like, Tropic Thunder, which I know is after this one, and we'll get into Tropic Thunder of it all later on. Yeah,
0: you on. gotta save that. But yeah. Last Samurai? Nice period piece. Saw it in the theater. Loved Probably it. Like my, my my intro to Ken Watanabe.
1: Ever all, he's ever made, like, my second favorite of it. His entire filmography.
0: Oh, okay, that's listen. that's a bold statement. It's up there for me, but maybe not that high. Uh, also, my introduction to Haruki Sonata. Mm-hmm. Have you seen John Wick four yet? By the way, no,
1: I've been watching one. I watched one last night and I fell asleep during two. Well, no, I watched one over the weekend. Fell asleep during two last night.
0: Okay, I'm calling it here. Uh, next week will be a uh, a retro rewind. Uh, episode we've already recorded. I'm going to drop the Super Mario Brothers review from a retro uh, 2x2. It was paired with Michael Clayton, but I'm just going to drop that section of it Okay. because Wednesday is when Super Mario Brothers, the new movie, drops, as well as air. Uh, But whenever you and I record again, you need to go see John Wick chapter 4 so that we can do 4x4 featuring Resident Evil 4 remake in John Wick chapter four.
1: Oh, good, because I literally just got past the. Uh, no, I just started like the invasion and they're in the house, and you gotta like la- outlast. I was literally doing that before I text you. Like, we all, we still on for nine? You're,
0: you're talking literally the opening.
1: No, no, the op. No, no, no. I'm talking like you and Lewis, Luis. Like, oh, the two story. Actually, yeah,
0: I'm ahead of you.
1: Probably. Yeah. I'm ahead
0: of you. I'm in the castle, baby.
1: Oh, okay. I'll have to try and, and catch. And
0: uh, on. what am I doing? Oh, dude! The new uh, is Sal is the little guy, right? Mm, Isn't it yeah, Ramon Salazar?
1: Yeah, the big guys. Yeah, the big guy is uh
0: Mendez or something
2: like
1: that. Um Sadler, Lord
0: Sadler's Sadler. like the main, the big dude, but or yeah. the main main guy, but not. Anyways, we're getting sidetracked. See, we gotta do a whole
1: episode on this. Yeah, but no, yeah. But I'm playing we it. We're gonna John Wick this weekend. Then
0: yeah, we'll do four by four. We got a remake fourth in the franchise and well they didn't do one but we'll talk about all that anyways okay uh oh my god yeah last samurai great follow collateral this is like a this is a sweet period dude it's pretty pretty dope
1: and then we get get, this gets pushed back because of the next one you're going to mention right is that how that went like they were going to they were gearing up for this and then spielberg's like you want to do war of the worlds yes he's like yeah sure he had
0: a window and and then you know things take a hard left turn (laughs) i mean that whole press cycle we got to talk about it
1: we got to talk about it i just remember watching over the worlds and being like this guy like what is he doing it's like i could tell you a few women who have a problem you know you know what your problem is oh i could tell you a few women that could you know i'm like all right but then just watching the whole thing like that was one of those that like that was one of the first times that i remember being like really physically scared of the idea of like what human beings would do in the apocalypse oh
0: those crowd scenes are yes very effective
1: especially like when they, they got the only car and they he's like all right let me get my daughter and the guy after him just like pop 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 like all right now i have the car i'm like that tells you everything you need to know in a nutshell about the human being, the human race right there.
0: Well, And again, dude, that's, that's the Spielberg magic of like staging something that's that dark and upsetting in a PG 13 movie where you're like, well, he didn't show anything, but it's almost way more visceral and intense than it would have been. If you showed me everything, like if you took it to the nth degree that a lot of movies do, uh, yeah, incredibly effective stuff in there. But Here's what I wanted to take it back to. If you can. If you even had a take on it at the time. I don't know where you were in terms of like. Fandom as it related to him. Or just celebrities in general. What. What do you. What did you make of the couch jump. When it happened. Like do you remember.
1: I mean vaguely. But it's like. I don't know. It's like. I remember it being a thing. I remember people making fun of it. And I remember being like, I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't think I've ever met anybody that would make me do that. It felt <laughs> weird. Show-y. It felt like it was like a weird show. Performative. Show-y. Right. Yeah. Like you talked about Travolta t- trying to turn it on at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's that, but it's almost like nobody seemed to give a shit when nicole kidman like didn't who did she start did she marry had she remarried by by then i don't know how
0: long she's been with keith urban i honestly don't know
1: but let's assume let's just assume that like maybe they were already together at this point yes or no whether they were they weren't doesn't matter it almost had this weird feel of like look at me look at me you know i married a gorgeous woman got divorced look at me Uh, she's half
0: my age she's half my
1: age joey from dawson's creek yeah me, that's me, dog. Yeah, Dawson Do didn't Do you get it. think I he
0: ever it. watched the show? Probably. Serious question: Has Tom Cruise ever seen an episode of Dawson's Creek?
1: I have no idea. I would imagine either. You
0: maybe. think it's beneath him? You think it's beneath him? You think he teased her about like that show?
1: I think so, he watched disturbing behavior and was like, "Wow, who's that girl?"
0: You think that's what did it? See, I think okay. it was Wonder Boys. I think it was Wonder Boys.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: That just seems like a like something he would enjoy. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to look up Nicole Kidman so I can see her uh her spouse uh timeline. Hold on a second.
1: But yeah, it just it just seemed like it was just like a thing where it was just too showy like he had to like just show off and like he was because I mean, it dude,
0: gave... dude, they got married in 2006, the Ooh. year of MI3. <laughs> so yeah they definitely had to be together they were in the you know yeah. they were in the public so yeah it's like a race against time like <laughs> no i'm the most in love i'm the most okay with being divorced
1: right and i mean you got to think like it's one of those where like you i don't know if they're like i'd always i feel like there's always at some point it was a like a gay rumor like oh could he be gay could it be this be that and it's like i mean well, that's been that's
0: been there forever yeah Go ahead.
1: right and it's like I don't know how much of it is like the Church of Scientology and like religious of like we kind of have to project this like veil of like, you know, strength and unity and like look at us and we're we're normal like, you know, but I mean, I guess with the exception of like, I mean, you know, I know Kelly Preston died, but like, you would have had like, there's no more like Scientology power couples anymore, right? Like,
0: well, I and feel Jader, like there's I mean, and I feel like it's just partly as a result of everything we're talking about in this time period. He very much like I don't know how involved he is anymore, and if he is, he certainly doesn't fucking talk about it. He certainly yeah, it got the message that like nobody nobody's going to deal with me if I if I keep talking about this shit publicly. If I keep like right. And I'm not heard even.
1: People say that, like, they've tried, and he's just like, well, you gotta do what you gotta do. Like, whatever you feel like. Like, people are like, I kind of wanted him to recruit me, but he didn't say anything to me about it. It's like, well, right. yeah. And if anything, I think that speaks to, like, that this incident, as we move forward, I think we get to the point where you realize that, like, if anything, he is hyper aware of his image and how it is portrayed. Because we've already gotten into a few things about like him wanting to have stuff like canceled and like, you know, you do this, do that for me, blah, 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 Because he wants to kind of like protect the overall like what people think of him. And I think his meddling in that has kind of informed him to basically be like, you know what? I just need, especially like after we can get to Tropic Thunder later, but like after that comes out, you really have no room to like. I don't want people like making episodes about me or like, you know, South Park or whatever. Whatever he would, would would have been mad at in the past because it's like I feel like he embraces the idea of like you know what I'm just I'm a fucking movie star, and I'm just gonna be mean and I could give a shit less. I'll make fun of myself, you know. I'll be yeah. polite to everybody. I'll do outrageous things for like I'll do like couch jumping level events, but for other people to make them feel good, you know. Like, have you ever heard the story about James Corden and how, like, you know, he told Tom Cruise that he met him once and Tom Cruise was like, um, I don't, I, I, I've met you. He's like, yeah, no, Tom, you, you totally like, we met a while back. I said, hello. You were very kind. And he's like, yeah, I remember you didn't call me. He's like, I, I don't have your number, Tom. I just, I don't. And he's like, you don't like, No, no, Tom, I, I don't have your number, but it's fine. Like, I wouldn't wouldn't expect to like have it I wouldn't expect to God and he was like okay alright and so he like delivers him this whole like cake for his birthday and something like that and like it's got a it's got a mission impossible message about it exploding and like whenever it does it like burns out and like all of a sudden there's this like uh track phone or flip phone or something with it with one number in it and as he like gets it it's ringing and like it says okay you know, we're, uh, you know, it's like, you know, you mission if you self-destruct, blah, blah, blah. And then he's answers and he's like, hello. And Tom Cruise's like, and now you have my phone number. Like he did this elaborate thing with a cake and all this shit just to like, you know, kind of show him like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm sorry you didn't have my number, but here you go. So like he'll go to that length now or within the last couple years. But beforehand it seemed like it was very, I got to prove that I'm, a ma- not necessarily a macho man but like i'm a man's man and like i can i can do all these things and i'm jerry Maguire and i'm ethan hunt and i'm the guy from magnolia i'm every like you know it's like weirdly him becoming a movie star you know what i mean you see how wild it was to begin with with giddy Holmes and you had high hopes i guess if you were a fan and again i've never it's always i've always approached it as like take your head up boy that's a movie star never like oh he's just a normal guy
0: well, you know? and let's not forget, it wasn't just the Katie Holmes, op- the Oprah couch jump. It wasn't just that, and the the oversaturation of just like, I don't know, the seeming like neediness to, you know, be out there and be like seen as, I'm a man, I'm I'm out there with a woman, a young woman, we're in love.
1: I mean, you could definitely. There's also
0: there. there's also the Today Show interview with. You know, uh, what is it, latter ladder? De- you know, we didn't know he was a scumbag at the time, but obviously he was doing scumbag things. Uh, but we wouldn't find out about them for much longer. Uh, but the Matt Lauer interview, where they're talking about the Brooke Shields thing. Oh, yeah. you're being glib, Matt. You don't, you don't know the history of psychology. I do. You don't know the history of psychotherapy. I do. <laughs> um. yeah there's that weirdness and then of course right in the midst of this just a little you know a huge bundle of wood for the fire the South Park episode drops like right in you know kind of in response to all of this
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's just it's it's a perfect skewer dude I mean it I think it's the first time a lot of people really became aware of the whole Scientology and it was kind of like this unspoken thing it feels like for a really long period of time but it's like that episode whether you watch it in its entirety the core of that episode was memed to death before memes were a thing like it was all over the place I feel like and I feel like it was the first big kind of exposure of like yeah this religion is fucked Uh, this is what these people quote unquote actually believe and like, yeah, we're going to we're going to roast these these guys, even though we know we're probably going to get legal action brought upon us.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And of course, the, the tail end of all of this, the whole reason I bring up all of that and the South Park side specifically is part of the agreement to do MI3. And when it finally comes out and when they're about to go on the press cycle for that is I need you guys to pull that Scientology episode. Because of course Paramount owns Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. And from Matt and Trey's perspective, they just got told, like, hey, this is being pulled and you're not supposed to talk about it. And that's that. And so it didn't air for several months, basically while the press cycle for MI3 was happening, because presumably he was like, I can't, I don't want people asking me about this shit. I want to try and bury that out of here. Mm-hmm. So if you will be so kind before we end our little mini meeting right here. Check your text, and I don't know if you've ever seen this video. I don't know if I've ever shared it with you. This is a this is a night and day comparison. Uh, but okay, the War of the Worlds press cycle, a debacle. I want you to see the energy he was bringing to the Mi3 press tour. This is on BET One Hundred Six and Park. He's got Fing Rames there with him, Michelle Monaghan press play it's very brief are you you got it is it queued up are you gonna you gotta hear the volume
1: my god (laughs) what is going like his knee oh my god i mean you could see Les grossman right here can you not (laughs) like this is where it starts who is the other guy next to Bing Rames? is what I'm wondering. Is it, it's not Jonathan Re it's not uh what's his base? I, I haven't
0: watched it in a minute. Hold on. It's up. so
1: blurry I can't tell who it is, but like yeah.
0: Tom and Cruise it's... get crunk on YouTube. <sighs>
1: Whoa. Yeah. That's wild. You know what I heard, Noah? What'd you hear? I heard that Ray Fiennes was Ralph tickets before he hit this shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. It's very blurry. I can't but I yeah, I can't tell if that's if that's I mean it would be hilarious if it was PSA. It's just clearly not. But yeah. if I had to take a wild guess, I think that might be JJ
1: on the end. It could be. Speaking of JJ, I mean, at the time, this is the most money that a first time director
0: I, I did read that stat ever ever had which sounds funny until you really think about it which is basically like the dude had already proven himself on television and he was basically about to be anointed or as they wanted him to be the new spielberg or at least he very much was seen that way as like the spielberg of the tv world like if it has his name on it it's got a certain you know exactly um so i don't think it was like that ridiculous to like thrust this upon I, the, the Lost pilot is one of the most expensive episodes of television ever made right. still, or was at the time. I'm sure it's been outdone now by like game of Thrones and stuff, but it, it didn't seem that weird. It's just funny though. Now that it's like, Oh, you would never trust that much to a first time director, but it's so hilarious that I'm literally like the track now is you make a tiny indie movie, you take it to Sundance. And then the next thing you do is a $150 million IP movie.
2: Mm-hmm
0: like that is the track now for every young indie filmmaker it's just like right. oh here you go so uh but yeah at the time 115 uh quite the, i i think he used it well if i do say so myself
1: uh, i i think it's a perfect blend just if you if i'm looking at it it's the perfect blend of like the fun toys and the action i want from from a mission impossible movie i don't want to say that it like starts the trend of like how the actions should be but compared to like the what we've had from John Woo I just it, to me it sets the bar of like let's pull the camera back and let's show him doing more than like the extreme close-up of something and then yeah it looks like him but at the same time like it could be a double whereas like I feel like this one moving forward, you definitely know like, oh, this dude's got insurance and he's doing his own shit. (laughs) He certainly has
0: insurance. Yeah. All right. So before we get into our mission briefing for this outing, we have a new segment. Mission failures. Right. I don't know how much you investigated the trivia on this one, but I found quite a few. You know, this was a weird transitional period because it had been dormant for a little bit and it's like what are we going to do with this? He's obviously, he's having a lot of success with everything he's releasing for the most part. Again, minority reports, maybe not as huge as they hoped it would be internationally, but it was still a big hit. Last Samurai is a respectable hit. Uh, You know, he's in, he's in good standing, all things considered, but then all of a sudden, war of the worlds, again, huge hit, but the press cycle kills his reputation. So, All in the background, we got a couple different things cooking up. As you mentioned, John Woo, never never brought up as possibly returning. But they did think about going to another uh, auteur who had had way more success uh, crossing over to American uh, cinema. Mr. Ang Lee Hmm. was bandied about. So English screenwriter Ben Treblecook penned a previous draft, and Ang Lee was in Talks Direct one of these stories involved the destruction of various wonders of the world, which was set as a prequel to the first movie and would have brought back Emilio Estevez. The script contained elements deemed too sensitive as they drew close parallels to the nine 11 attacks. Another draft featured human trafficking of organs and was rewritten by Frank Darabont of all people. Now, from what I also found, the organs plot uh was the script that Venture was attached to hmm okay and then from what I I can't quite piece together the timeline, but Venture eventually moves off of it, but when he was in play, this is just something to keep in mind. I don't know if it was the o- Owen Davian character at this point, but the villain that he was thinking was Stallone. <laughs> This is pre, pre-Rocky pre Balboa. This is pre Stallone being like, well, I guess I'm just going to hit all my old favorites. I'm going to hit all my old franchises. So like, you could no, see it as like a, maybe an like interesting... The- that's what I'm saying. You could yeah. see it as a maybe interesting pre-Legacy move where it's like maybe if he had started to have more success in big mainstream stuff, it could have been a little comeback. Something to think about.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. But then I think what happens chronologically is Joe Carnahan comes on board. Plug, plug, plug for our 2 by 2 retro review on NARC. Okay? Great little movie, which was produced as you may remember by Cruz Wagner. Okay? So Carnahan's in the mix. Yes. Yes. In the midst of all of this. So Carnahan is in the mix apparently for a long period of time. Like it's pretty far into production before the classic creative differences happens. Uh, so yeah I think the only presumably whatever was kind of left there is what JJ then inherits and uh, tweaks I think is the the Carnahan incarnation
1: the trivia that Carnahan filmed the moment that he quit because he figured it it would be the end of his Hollywood career but the next thing he makes is smoke and aces
0: (laughs) yes which I'll tell you as a you know 15 year old boy sneaking into the theater i thought smoking aces was pretty great i don't know if it holds up but it was a fun time at the movies
1: i definitely feel like that's one of those that like the trailer gave it the legs that it was like that it needed i mean you got ray liotta you got ryan reynolds you got like who would have thought that out of that chris pine as one of those crazy dudes the tremor brothers
0: like see i don't even remember that
1: yeah it was the chris pine was the leader that those three crazy brothers and the other big guy? I think was in like the Strand, it's, like the big Russian dude in the Strand, the TV show or whatever. And he's mm-hmm. been in a bunch of other things as well. Um, but yeah, you know. And then of course Jeremy Piven, you know. Not sure, everybody, not everybody's <laughs> cup of tea, but you know, at least for that movie, not too bad. Um. Yeah, so like like I mentioned, no, <laughs> so, no, I just, I, anyways, like... I
0: guess what I was going to say of all those failed missions, the only other thing I should mention when Vandaway passed, apparently that character kind of got flipped, and they were like, well, we still want something of this equivalent, maybe like somebody who had a prior history with Ethan, kind of like what you see, you know, we'll get to those eventually, but where you see like the Rebecca Ferguson character in uh, five and six. Right. Who's kind of like you know? There could be something there, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he now has permission to. I'm interested to see how that plays out in part one of and Dead she, Reckoning.
1: She, and she's the first one that's like a, a holdover through two movies. Yes,
0: because um, more so movies. than I mean, I mean, Benji is comes along for the ride from this one. No, no forward, fe- but,
1: I mean like a female character. Yes, because wanted they need to come back. She didn't. They got Maggie Q again the story changes when we get past this one and you see Michelle. You do see Michelle one more time, but he knows that like he waves, he doesn't interact and she doesn't really come back in the fold until fallout. Correct. He actually speaks to him again.
0: But that's what I'm saying. They kind of put a button on that where I feel like they're kind of closing the door so that you can emotionally feel okay with him getting with uh, Rebecca Ferguson's character. Her name escapes me at the moment. Right. Uh, But yes, So, but in that transition time, before we get to the current incarnation that they end up filming with 3, and I kind of wish this had happened, there was going to be a character, seems like former agent, some involvement with Ethan, played by Carrie Ann Moss, dude. Oh,
1: that would have been perfect.
0: It would have been awesome, and this is right around the time where she kind of disappears from movies outside of... Well, outside of anything, this would have been post-Matrix sequels. Right. And I think she does like Suspect Zero right after that, which might also be a Cruise Wagner production possibly. I
2: think
0: so. Uh, but yeah. I I feel like I would still watch her in a Mission Impossible movie. That would be cool. But just a thought. It. So of She's those incarnations, I guess what I'm saying is who, who do you wish had done it slash... Which of those directors, if we're living in a crazy world where Dead Reckoning Part 1 and 2 are not, in fact, the end of the franchise, but we actually go up to 10, uh, who who would you maybe want to bring back? Do you want to see a Fincher Mission Impossible? Do you want to see a Carnahan Mission Impossible, given what we saw in A-Team, which I think I'm had some gonna, yeah, pretty cool set anything, pieces?
2: I'm
1: going to do, yeah. If, uh, okay, so if we're doing these two... That takes us to what? Eight or nine total? That'll be eight. Okay, so give me... We also...
0: Big casting news on part two. Did we talk about this? No. A lot of stuff has happened since we recorded A a Road to Reckoning. Yeah. Okay, first of all, the stunt video released. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Skydive stunt, which is incredible. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. But for us, big, Big casting news. We already knew Henry Zerny was coming back. You've seen, seen him in, you've seen him in the trailer for part one. Have you seen Scream
1: 6? Yeah, I, t- I texted you. I told you. You texted saw, me about Zerny? Not him. I oh, told okay. Scream 6-9 solely for the fact that they didn't pay Nav Campbell to come back. Right.
0: Wasn't that a was nice good. surprise, though?
1: Oh, yeah, dude. Totally. Zerny as thinking.
0: the therapist? Oh, my God. was a nice dude. touch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On that note, though, so he's in part one, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: guess who just got cast for part two john voight no <laughs> they're bringing john back they're in some capacity brother they are bringing back william donlow what from langley yes. get out of here they rehired that actor Dude. yes so so i'm starting to speculate i'm like
1: straight is up it room. all
0: gonna be one grand like you know circling back to like how it all began or or is it going to go even further than that and is it going to be like these last two are the entire franchise like there's references to everything and maybe he does go like you know what i like Mi my two fuck everybody and right. there's all of a sudden like a john woo set piece by way of Macquarie, like in the middle of one of these But what if it's that? What if what if the dead reckoning is like all the sins of your past, like something from every fucking movie is coming back? Or maybe it is just tied to the first one. Maybe it is. But yeah, do we got Zerny back? We got William Donlow. I can't remember the actor's name. I'm sorry. Uh, But yeah. That's one that's just yeah. we were just talking about like, dude, do you think they could ever get back to the De Palma vibes? And in terms of that trailer, it doesn't look like it. <laughs> the scale and scope looks like the last several movies. But if the plot is gonna tie back in to something with a knock list or something that happened on that mission, I'm very intrigued. Very intrigued. Okay. With that in mind, can I get a mission briefing for Mission Impossible three? From the year of our Lord, 2006. And by our Lord, I do mean Lord Xenu. I I don't know
1: who that Lord is. I only have one Lord and Savior. Um.
0: (laughs) All hail the Lord Cthulhu, long may he
1: reign. Yes. (laughs) Um.
0: Okay. Oh my God, Tom, you gotta come out of the (laughs) class.
1: Tom, oh my God. So... Uh, being on IMDb, the quick and short and fast of it is IMF agent. These are supposed to come off of your dome. Comes into conflict <laughs> with dangerous sadistic arms dealer who threatens his life and his fiance. in response. So essentially in this mission, we find that after Ethan's gotten lost, he got so lost that he just he couldn't he, he couldn't do it anymore. Okay. It it became mission difficult, you know, it just too difficult for him. Mr. Hunt. So he had to, he had to, he had to hang it up. But we do find out that, you know, while he's semi-adjusted to, you know, normal civilian life, that he still does train agents to go into the field. Yes. And it just so happens that on the This evening, is not this is not
0: the last time that a classic Tom Cruise character will end up in the role of instructor. Why don't you right. keep that in mind.
1: Yeah. So um On, you know, on the night he's celebrating, you know, his wedding announcement, nuptials, things with all of their, his wife's friends and family and all that. And they're going over everything, which I do love this scene, which we can talk about in a second. Um, He gets a call that, um, you know, one of his agents, you know, they've lost contact with her. And, you know, if he wants in to go into the field to get her, you know, planes leaving at sunup let him know. And uh, ultimately you know, having semi-nightmares flashbacks about it, whatever. Ethan just can't let it go, so he's, you know, he accepts, and he goes to retrieve this, you know, agent who's gone offline. Felicity's in trouble. Just keep yeah, moving. Felicity's okay. in trouble, and uh, Ethan's got to go save her. So during that escape, she's trying to tell him something, which she can't. And this leads to him to, you know... It leads him to find out that basically she was tracking this arms dealer named Owen Davian. And he has some kind of MacGuffin called the Rabbit's Foot. Don't know what it is, don't know what it looks like. But it's this super badass weapon that, you know, he's ready to sell to the highest bidder. And so Ethan decides, you know what, If I gotta, I gotta do this for her. I gotta settle this score, I gotta go, and I gotta do this mission. And pretty quickly, he gets a hold of Davian. But, in one of my favorite scenes of the movie... Shortly after his capture, what happens? Boom, Owen Davian. He's got dudes, and those dudes come and you know break him out of custody, and we spend the back half of the movie basically just uh, balls to the wall with Ethan having to do everything he can because lo and behold, not only does Owen Davian you know get the best of Ethan Hunt, he kidnaps his fiance, son of a bitch, and he basically makes him you know run the gauntlet, run the gauntlet. And find this rabbit's foot device, bring it to him. All this crazy shit ensues. And ultimately, I mean, I don't want to spoil the ending, but kind of lackluster when it comes to like, you know, the finale with the bad, the big bad. Maybe, maybe
0: the only thing that holds this movie back. Yeah. A little bit of a third act problem. We'll get there.
1: Yeah. We'll no get there. No And like, it's just very, I don't know. I just, it's unsatisfying, you know? As much as, like, I love to see, you know, helicopter explosions and um, he just kind of shot Dugues. But, you know, still, like, I want to see something a little bit more.
0: He just kind of shot Dugues? Dude, they duked it out on motorcycles and then they fought in the sand for like 10 minutes.
1: But then he shot him, right? I mean, yeah, but. Yeah, he, he had to. Him. He, didn't, he didn't plan on it. He didn't put some red light, green light in his mouth. He didn't fucking throw him off a cliff. He didn't do anything. He didn't. He didn't like slam the bike down on him with the with the gas. Brother, he kicked face. the gun out of the sand. Yes, that's true. But he shot him. <laughs> if yeah. he kicked it out of the sea <laughs> and then like ejected the bullet that was in the like in the chamber, and that wound up like hitting him and like. A, causing some kind of crazy spark explosion, like, that would be dope. I mean, this is
0: Ethan Hunt, not Leon Kennedy,
1: okay? Right, but still, like, <laughs> Ethan Hunt in the third movie could do that. Ethan Hunt in the second one, he just doesn't know if he has it in him anymore, you anyway. know? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Wait. Um he's retired, essentially. I do love the opening scene. I love the, that, like, He's explaining traffic patterns and the men are like, I don't get it. And the women are like, oh, I so get it. And I'm like, look at you, Tom, look at you telling everybody like just how so charismatic like, you are. It's a
0: little bit of true lies energy.
2: It's it's, yeah. it's
0: fun. Um, yeah. Michelle Monaghan. Mm hmm always enjoy seeing her totally solid in this and a believable love interest they have decent chemistry they make you buy into it in this one which is very key because it's kind of the whole emotional crux of the movie it's the i mean a we're leaning on this relationship with Carrie Russell who we never saw we see it in flashbacks but like it's pre- it's pretty snappy and honestly the casting of Carrie Russell is enough to like oh save her like you know you're invested
1: so he watched Felicity. Like, he didn't watch Dawson's Creek, but he definitely watched Felicity.
0: Oh, yeah. It, well, it,
1: and JJ directed a few episodes of that, did he not? That's his
0: baby. Like, he that's created right. it. That's, that's right. his yeah, series. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's okay. That, makes that was sense. But that was his first thing, I think. I'm pretty sure. Which I thought was interesting because there was a bunch of other people in consideration for, like, I think this was supposed to be Scarlett Johansson in the Kerry Russell role. Uh, until she had to drop out last minute, but I just always assume like, oh, it's your friend Carrie Russell. You just called her in. It's like a cool. Yeah, she's in like Medicamia. Sh-
1: after this, she starts the Americans. Am I right?
0: Uh, little, I don't know when Americans started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always love Carrie Russell in Leaves of Grass. If you've never seen it, Tim yeah. Blake Nelson movie. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where uh, yeah, Edward Norton plays twins. Right. Very good movie. So Basically, like. There-
1: Was there a conversation where, like, you know, they were having a meeting. He's like, and obviously, I'm going to get Katie to play my wife. And they're like, whoa, dude, whoa, whoa. What happened the last time you star with a woman that you were married? It is
0: it is kind of I mean
1: Does she not look like a kid? They're very, they're
0: very distinct, but I mean in that way that you could be like, Oh, yes, there I could name you like 10 to 15 like brunettes in Hollywood that all vaguely look similar, the same way that people are like, Oh, here's these nine people that all look like Margot right. Robbie. Like definitely in that in that sense, yes, Michelle Monahan and Katie Holmes very And so there is that bit of meta-ness of like Well, he's married in real life now. He's settled down, so we married him off in the movies. Yeah, Yeah. that
1: goes to the thing you were talking about before of like, like, you know, look at the turn. Like, yeah, Ethan is always
0: who who you need him to be because of where Tom is, not because of where you want the movies to be. It's like exactly the logic of the movies is irrelevant. It's however you need that character to fit the mold of wherever he's at. So if you need him to be a normal, grounded dude who's just like, I love this woman, that's the core of this, um, that's that's what he wanted to play at this moment. And I think it is incredibly effective because we haven't mentioned it. You keep saying, well, when you say the opening, you you mean the, you're saying the party and everything. but Right. But again, you and I sat down in the theater together. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. I feel like the energy... Like, it had been out for a couple weeks. It was doing fine, I think. But, like, I forget what the circumstances were. But, like, you and I, we definitely hadn't rushed out to it. But we had a random afternoon or something, and I just remember going to see it at the Beacon. And I was just kind of being, like, from moment one, like, holy shit, I'm engaged. Like, what the hell? Because it starts what I think... I don't feel like this was a trend, but I feel like more and more it, it became a thing after this. Can you name me a movie beforehand? The whole, like, we're going to catch back up to this moment and then we're going to go past it.
1: No, I I like how
0: I, I, at least in like a big mainstream, like action movie, I can't think of that being a thing, but I feel like it has been done to death at this point. The opening in media res and then. Oh, we're actually way deep in the movie, but you know, you'll figure out how we got there and maybe we'll subvert your expectations of what's actually happening by the time we make it back there. Um But yeah, this is just immediately
1: uh Yeah, it's jarring as hell. It, I mean, it, it sets, is it takes perfectly high with him just being like, you know, where's the rabbit's foot? Wait, uh, no, I I I got it for you. I'm gonna count to ten. You know. And it's like I don't, do you see, do you see a shot of her? Michelle Monaghan, like, do you see a shot of her in that opening? I'm pretty what, sure. Yeah. I, I didn't know, I, I it's, you know, we, we recorded the other two already way before. I went back and watched all of these. But if there was no shot of her, you could easily, like, imply, like, oh, it's his wife here. But, like, having one shot of her, when you hear, like, you know, the, like, right to the opening where he counts to one and you hear the, you know, cruise yell and the shot go off and then the fuse is lit. It's like, whoa, um, I don't know where exactly that was, but we'll get me back there because I need to know what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. But then you're piling on all this other stuff and, like, you've got, you know, badass, like, you know, insurgency sequences and, like, he looks like he's a SWAT team member and it's like, this guy, I'm used to him, like, dual-wielding pistols off a motorcycle, not, like, actually... Running combat drills and like clearing rooms and shit, you know, yeah. and it, and everybody's like on their game, you know, it's almost like they were like, you know, we didn't have enough of a team last time. We had three dudes, you know, and yes, so now the now team
0: aspect have... is very much backgrounded yeah. and well, and to be fair, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the great irony of the first one. That's also kind of the, the psycho slash scream, like, uh, I guess is the same year. Right. Uh, but right. later in the year. But, uh, yeah, that kind of bold idea of, like, hey, it's Mission Impossible, you know, the IMF, the Impossible Mission Force. Oh, well, what happens in the first 30 minutes of the movie? Oh, we're going to kill off his entire team. And then it's just him trying to figure out what the fuck happened. Right. And it's like, yeah, so they immediately subvert that in the first movie. So you kind of want that in the second one, but you also don't really get it because it's too focused on this romance. Right. Um, so again, that gets a little bit backgrounded. So yeah, this is the first time you really get to have a team, and I think it's even more interesting that like it's just thrust upon him. It's like, oh, by the way, yeah, your buddy Luther is is already
2: well, no, ready and to I love go, it
0: because it's but, like,
1: hey, um, w- I'm just giving you like, Billy like Crudup. this
0: is this is happening regardless. Yes. Yeah,
1: he's just nice enough to be like, hey, look at me, I'm handsome Billy Crudup, and I'm I'm basically would be your boss. And uh, if you Russell wanted... Hammond from
0: Stillwater. Yeah,
1: okay. right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, On his better days.
1: The okay. Prefontaine and the better <laughs> of the C. Prefontaine biopics.
0: Now, is that Prefontaine or is that without
1: limits? Without limits. OK. Prefontaine. Just, is to, Prefontaine. To,
0: just to be clear.
1: Yes. Yeah. And if you don't know, of Dr. Manhattan from.
0: OK, Stillwater. I, I would like to see this right now, like today or tomorrow. Can we get the two of them to race each other? <laughs> Joe, present yeah, Joe. day yes let's do Hard it let's up go. versus leto
1: yeah let's do it right now
0: do a 40 yard dash <laughs> let Joe. me see who's got it
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly what did i just see him he's and uh, he's got an something
0: tells that. me leto like literally shatters an ankle like immediately <laughs> like Possibly. yeah i
1: could see it maybe not. maybe not um what were you saying well no like i'm just saying like he's already he's like you're out like i get you're out i'm just giving you a courtesy that like the one you said was good to go like, the last one you okayed, she's she's missing. So right, right. here's your shot. You, want it? you don't have to. I'm just being nice. So, yeah, the team is already there, and he just kind of blends back in. But, like, can you imagine, like, you get that call? Again, not necessarily Luther, but the other two. And they're like, hey, you know that guy that retired because, like, a couple years before he took a vacation, like, his whole team got wiped out by the guy who was running the team? Yeah. And we all thought it was him? Yeah, he's coming along on this one. You're just like, what? What? No. We're <laughs> just like, imagine when he finally gets back to headquarters after the events of IMF1, and they're all looking at him like, sheesh. Oh, huh?
2: exactly.
1: You yeah. know? and nobody <laughs> wants to be on his team anymore, so he just, oh, I got to work alone.
0: Right. You know? So,
1: he goes, uh,
0: yeah, I guess we're in the midst of the op. So, g- great set piece. Again, this is... I, I don't know, kind of like JJ kind of setting the tone for like salmon shoot action in the future. A lot of lens flare, a lot of yeah. movement. Uh, it's not, it's not quite Michael Bay with the the quick cuttingness. The the grain is bordering on Michael Bay, Tony Scott territory, mm-hmm. the bleach bypass kind of color scheme to right. some of this nighttime stuff. Uh, but it still very much feels like his own thing. He's kind of putting his own own stamp on stuff.
1: Uh, I think you look at this and I think you look at the bridge scene, and I think you look at um there was one more I was thinking of that like to me are like you can look at these and like, okay, this is gonna be what this guy does for the rest of his career.
0: Right. right. And as we as we kind of mentioned with two, there's definitely still some moments in this one where you're like, well, the main difference is like from four forward, he would be just doing all of this shit. This is the very last one where there's still a little bit of, well, we're just going to CGI that or we're just going to, you know, dangle him from some strings, but, you know, we're not going to get too wild with it. Right. Um. And I don't know. I almost... Part of me kind of feels like maybe there's an effort, a little bit of effort in this one to like not have him seem like such a crazy dude where it's like they didn't want to center the whole marketing around this one of like, oh, look at how wild he, you know, this crazy thing he was doing. He's risking his life, but it's like post marriages and even more weird Scientology stuff, post Katie Holmes, all, you know, et cetera. I feel like it does just become like, nope. I'm selling this on the, the spectacle of look what I'm doing next. Like that is literally mm-hmm. my entire movie career at this point. So
1: it's almost, it's like, yeah, it's, know, so, it's I,
0: definitely a little toned down in this one. I feel like we're not there until four, which again is another huge break before we get yeah. to it.
1: Well, no, because it's, it's almost like with four, when you come back, it's like, uh-huh. Yeah. I see you've been going to the movies for the CG purple alien people and the marbles and the, and the Batman's and stuff, but uh, I'm gonna give you super badass, um, cooler than James Bond, gadget, Ethan Hunt, and I'll come back in the next two years to do another one. And if they let me, I'd probably do two of the a, one of these every two years until I died. But I also understand that like I don't technically have enough money to buy this franchise. So when they tell me like, hey, you you gotta hang it up, Tom. I gotta hang it up. So I'm gonna milk this for all I got, in between, and we'll go from there. Because that seems like the turn of the next one. But yeah, so like, you know, so like they're in, you know, set pieces are great. You you've got equal mix. I feel like the cool gadgets with like, Luther on the rolling guns, doing the whole you know rolling the ball thing. Obviously, you got um, what did what is his name? jay jonathan what
0: jonathan reese myers
1: myers who right. i honestly
0: like going back he to was this he one than
1: the second one that'd have been perfect well, he was probably well, he, a lot younger but like to be honest perfect.
0: he and maggie q felt a little in my memory felt a little anonymous but then when i went back to this one i was like i really like this team
1: yeah, like i i I've definitely kind of without him no problem yeah with, and, almost like with her running point almost like that was her team she was cleared for the field They took leave from Carrie Russell. It just so happens she went off on her own real quick without them before they made made contact, and she got kidnapped, you know? And so they want her back just because, like, this is the boss lady. And, okay, well, here's the guy that taught boss lady everything. All right, yeah, okay. He can come along, but we got to get her back. You know, I, I definitely felt like, I don't know if they had training together or if they rehearsed together, but, like, that felt like the most, like, I don't know, cohesive group of people who, like, but like they all knew each other like they all went ahead a they, beer after work all the time and i didn't I necessarily say get
0: there's some good economy of storytelling where jj right. just gives them like one or two moments like just between jonathan reese myers and maggie q like it's very tiny stuff but it's just enough to be like oh these people like they they know each other they've been around each other they're not just like serving the functions of the plot it's just you know there's a little bit more to it. There's a little bit more meat on the bone, which is why I wish we had gotten both of them. But that's kind of that's going to be a runner through a lot of these later movies, because in four, I mean, again, I think Paula Patton is incredible. And then you're like, what the fuck? Like, where, where'd where she go? What happened? So yeah. I don't know. But I like the idea that hopefully all these people are still in play. And if that's a that's very much a way to have references to the other movies without having to just. Directly tie everything together plot wise, but just like, oh yeah, we need a team. We we got to get this specific guy or gal, and here's our old team member that you forgot about. Like, dude, if Jonathan Reese Myers shows up in part one or two, that will feel like such a deep cut. Or, like, I was going to say, better yet, if like Billy, the helicopter pilot from two, oh God, yeah. if he somehow they were like, that's who we're bringing back, not Jonathan Reese Myers. Then I feel like it's Jonathan Reeves Myers, you gotta feel like, what the fuck, man? Really? I was better than that my, guy. My, yeah. Uh so yeah, I like the team a lot in that to, to that point. Let's go ahead and do it. Who's the top team member?
1: Oh, that's a good question.
0: This is the first time Luther has some actual competition.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could argue just for the sake of the ending and how everything worked. Is it not Benji that he calls and like Benji's the one who helps him figure out where she's at and like how to get to her? Yes. So you could argue Benji in that, right? You but... could also
0: argue, go ahead, say yeah, it because I think he of... might be saying it too.
1: I'm thinking Maggie Q.
0: Okay. Yes. Okay. Why?
1: Um, Literally for just keeping things like there's so much shit that like, like she's the work, to me, she's the journeyman workman of the group,
0: she's the glue.
1: She's like, I'm getting these laptops, I'm getting this data. If it wasn't for her, you have no idea who the hell this guy is, what he's doing, what he's after, you know? And then, obviously, on the bridge scene, which we can talk about in a minute, like, she's kicking ass and trying to, like, fight back, but also save people, Mm -hmm. you know, get them out of the way. Um, And, you know, we do get that little one, which I do love the subversion, because, like, One of my favorite parts about this, which I'll get to this, and then we can, if you want to stop and do one more, we can, because it looks like we're running out of time again. Um, One of my favorite subversions is, like, we got to get in there. We got to get into this building, and I got to do this. And it's essentially, to me, like, a revamp of what they have to do in the second one. And you think you're going to have this huge scene, and it's literally like they're just talking out in the van, and it's like, I'm on the way out. And you're like, wait, what? And it's just like, gotta move. Boom. And no, it's just, it's oh. literally,
0: look up, look up, look up, look up, look up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's and he's out. just, boom. I love it. I, you right. think you're going to get like a, you're going to take a second, you're going to get in. We're going to get maybe like one big more action set piece. Nope. Two seconds. He's like, all right, I got it. I'm out. Look up, look up, look up. And then we're done.
0: I, I think it. the thing I love about three and why it just, it edges close, it, just, it, it, just, it, it It's probably still my favorite. I don't know if it's the best because of those third act problems that we'll get to, but it's just funny, man. And the fact that like the sense of humor in this one to me is never quite replicated. I think it's it's a special little bit of JJ sauce, which is like, it doesn't feel too much. It's very, it's oddly specific. And it's weird to me that you're able to have this where it's like everything still like, even though they're dealing with the death of Lindsay, uh, Kerry Russell's character, when they get into the like, all right, well, here we find we found the micro dot and blah blah blah. We know Owen Davian's going to be in the Vatican. Like, there is a bit of just like, all right, we're going to get this motherfucker. Like, we're going to get him because he got our friend, but like, we're going to have some fun doing it. It's not like it's not this dour, like, downtrodden affair. It's fun. Like they're having fun doing the mission. And they have fun in some other ways. And there's some great banter in the other ones. But there's just some great, oddly specific comedy throughout this movie. Two moments in particular that literally kill me. And I think are the funniest moments in the entire franchise. Uh, Which are? When they're in the Vatican. (laughs) And he and Jonathan have, you know, they're...
1: They're arguing, you
0: know, in arguing in Italian and he does the scale up the wall <laughs> and he gets to the top and he says Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall and I remember in the theater you and I looking at each other like yeah I was like the goofiest shit ever right but yeah. it was amazing right. and I've never been able to forget it it's so out of place and it's so funny every time I see it Yeah, the moment that out does it though that I completely forgot about that- <laughs> you know they go in They get Owen, they do the voice translate, you know, great little bit with like, is the voice going to kick on in time, all that shit. But they get him, the music's soaring, they go, they're out on the boat, they bring him into the little tunnel, they flip open the hatch, (laughs) Luther's up top, it's like, what's up with you? Nothing. What's up with you guys? Nothing. But it's, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman doing it, but as Cruz Yes, it's so I can't even replicate the dialogue. It is just the funniest shit ever. It's just in the midst of this. Cra- and I love that whole sequence at the Vatican because it's like shit, shit gets a little hairy as usual. But like, for the most part, shit goes like clockwork, dude. And when they're rolling out of there about headed, you know, headed for the plane, essentially. And the music is soaring. I'm like, dude, that might be like my favorite 10 to 15 minute stretch oh, yeah. of any of these movies, where they're just like they are crushing it right now. And of course, it's followed by that incredible like one on one plane scene with him and PSH, which culminates you're with
2: wife, him like dark friend,
0: uh, What a finer murderer! <laughs> I love it in front of you, yeah. dude. Yeah, Kevin Smith's go to. Paul Top or uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman per- performance was always MI3 and just like I'm a herder.
1: you <laughs> am <I'm> a <laughs> wife or girlfriend. I'm a herder. I'm a finer. <laughs> like, like, you held me on the plane? Yeah. Okay. Dude,
0: that the idea that, like, you know what? I was game to let all this go. Like, yeah, I put a charge in here. I love the whole, like, oh, uh, yeah, charge in her head. That's fun. That's fun for me. <laughs> like, yeah. just such an unrepentant bad guy just like i don't give a shit the shit's beneath me you're not you're barely worth my time you're barely worth my emotional energy to like get into it with you everything is underplayed i love it but the idea that like he's probably in the back of his head like all right this is just a minor inconvenience i'll get out of this eventually but it it's when Cruz hangs him out of the plane that's the moment when he he's like all right i'm gonna fuck this dude's life up right like he's done yeah. now <laughs> Exactly. Now I'm definitely kidnapping his wife. Like they were good right up until then, and that was that was the last straw. It's like you know what, I was playing it nice.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it's that that turn of like he just because like line these dudes up, all right? Line up John Voight, Dukes, Phil, Phil, Philip Philip Seymour ESH. Yes,
0: PSH. Yes, yeah. RAP.
1: Um, and then. I don't. I don't even know the old boy from Ghost Protocol. Couldn't tell you anything he's been in. But line all these, dude, dudes... Michael Nyquist,
0: the villain in the OG John Wick. Love Michael Nyquist. He's not given anything to do in Ghost Pro, but...
1: Oh, that's right. Because that's the one where he's like, he believes that you have to have a nuke set off. He's
0: kind of just a straight-up fanatic, which I kind of like. That like the villain's just—it's very simple. I like that it's—it doesn't try and yeah. bond villain him. It's just like, nope. He just wants a nuke, like. Uh, he's just a zealot, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think. But if you line all these dudes up, you look at Phil Hoffman, and you're like, I'm not worried about that guy. But he's probably, like, the most deadly out of all of them. Just with, like, pure psychopathic vengeance and Mm -hmm. creativity in which, because, I mean, you think about it, like, you know.
0: uh, Well, the ultimate reveal of what I, I, it's one of my favorite payoffs, because in the moment, it feels like, you know, we do the catch-up scene. And we get to that opening and we're like, holy shit, he just killed Michelle Monaghan. Like they really just did that. And then the reveal of like, oh, it was his translator. It's like, oh, because she fucked up. It was technically her fault. She let Maggie Q through security Mm -hmm. in back in at the Vatican. And so it's just that, it's late in the game so you don't really get to appreciate it that much but the reveal of like oh yeah he was doing like that's how you know four-dimensional chess he was playing is like he's using your wife dangling her in front of you because that will prove whether or not you actually have the rabbit's foot whether you'll actually you know cave or give up this piece of information um Or if you will hold out to the last second, it's also serving as a really fucked up circuitous revenge for one of my, you know, one of my minions who fucked up. Uh, So I like that. I like that quite a bit. Again, like you said, not like
1: a plus. I mean, come on. Brilliant use of the face mask in a movie where the second one where we had 37 different face mask reveals. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was him. It wasn't him to have two in this one. You know the playing with one like a,
0: of the comedy right, of which of like, which you never really get to enjoy in the other ones, right. but yes, the comedy of him being, you know, PSH PSH and, playing Tom Cruise
1: exactly, and like the idea that like you should be thinking, I mean, to me, when you watch these, if you don't have in the back of your mind of like, is that really who it is, you know? right? And I get what we talked about with the first one, how it definitely didn't. It looked, it was prosthetics. It was not a you know solid makeup job or whatever but as you get further into these ones where it's just like like the wolf blitzer one and everything down the road you're like should we like the fact if you don't go in it with a mindset of like am i really sure that what i'm seeing is really what i'm seeing because this could just be somebody in a face mask it Mm -hmm. never comes up that much and i feel like that one is like a beautiful use of like oh yeah by the way this was a huge fake out and yeah. it's plausible and it works completely, but you don't really see it coming. There's a good bit the first time you watch it where you're like, oh shit, dude, they just killed that girl, like for real. Like yeah. she's gone. You yeah. know.
0: So while we're on the bit of gadgets, the facemaker is the thing that usually takes it. But do you have any other contenders for this outing? Um Cause I, there is one piece of tech that I just remember being like, that's cool as hell. And that's my pick. Which one's that? In the extraction sequence where they're going in to get Carrie Russell, he has those little the, the magnetic mines
2: Oh yeah that he can
0: just throw out and they like whoop, like you know they stick yeah, like, just like, stick swing it. around corners and like snap to a wall. Mm-hmm. Um but the remote mines that are magnetic and like look like little missiles that he just throws out there. I, I thought those were cool as hell when I saw them. Uh that's my pick for the for gadget in this one i mean and i like the you know using the the remote guns like uh
1: with luther luther
0: had before but then they reuse the tennis balls uh you know at the end or not the end but what is that the shanghai set piece
1: yeah like get them to you know yeah um i mean yeah i would i mean i would maybe go different and just the ingenious of like a microscopic charge in your brain even though it's not like an imf like gadget, you got it no because like, that's, that, like, that that that's shit's my so... favorite and it's so scary because like you hear that and you're like oh shit her, her whole face is gonna get fucked up but it's like literally just twitch and she's gone
0: oh yeah it's so much more upsetting i mean it looks like what you imagine like a brain aneurysm would be like oh obviously a way more exaggerated version of it but that's personally one of those like irrational fears where i'm like oh god that could just happen to you at any point but uh
1: you know aneurysm. yeah
0: no that was that was very effective and it's so upsetting when it happens in the movie because they again they go through this whole set piece to get her out and it's just like oh you feel so deflated immediately yeah really well done so no, I actually, yeah, read, I'm gonna change mine. Actually, that would be my favorite. I yeah. guess, yeah, that's not technically, I guess, a piece of IMF tech, but it's. But you know uh, that you know they
1: co-opted there. it. You know that they. Oh, for
0: sure, that's out like they, there. Yeah. That's definitely out
1: there. They put it in there, and it's like the charge is in there. It'll go on whenever we say so. So if you don't want to cooperate, that's fine. But you're gone.
0: Oh, that's the plot of Dead Reckoning. Is they just flip that oh, switch flipped. and
1: Ethan's like, "How do I get this out of my head?"
0: Right.
2: Um, well, he, but he already that. did that once. He, did he already once. did that once at the end of this. Yeah. I was gonna what if say a
1: lot of dead reckoning okay. is that, but like escape from New York with that, where it's like you gotta <laughs> have you this in your head and you gotta get you gotta go back to all these cases okay. you've been on or these missions you've been on and find the one thing that ties them all together.
0: I would love it. I mean, that's what that seems like that's what dial of destiny is about to be. It's just like a journey back through oh, the yeah. Indiana Jones story. Okay. We were we were seamlessly transitioning it into it, and then I I got us off of it. So gadget, we said the the neural charge whatever yeah. uh, is the winner. We kind of were talking about teammates earlier. We never quite finished it. My secret nominee, my other secret nominee, you you I think picked the stealth MVP of Maggie Q. One person I will have you consider a non official IMF team member, but Michelle Monaghan at the end, like yeah. she she holds her own. Mm-hmm. While he's out for a little bit, you know, and then she brings him back. Maybe not much of a team player, but, you know, she did save Ethan's life. I feel like that's a prerequisite for at least being in consideration.
1: So do we, I mean, we haven't talked henchmen at all, but would, can we say that Owen Davian's like a badass like villain, but can we also say like, what about Billy Crudup, Mr. Doublecross? Like, didn't see that coming.
0: I think crud up as the shitty brat like i do like baldwin in these later ones that we'll get to but crud up is just a great shit heel like always um and i think he's just yeah you know he's great in this from the like so much so that like when they first kind of introduce him when he shows up and you know i'm kind of like all right it's crud up like and traditionally sometimes these guys are like i don't know quite what to make of them i'm like is he more of a uh, Kittrich, or is he you know could he be dirty I don't know let's see so but then the tr- the transition into like the way he gets dressed down by we didn't even mention Lawrence Fishburne uh, yeah. who's crushing it but then he starts getting dressed down and everything and I'm like oh he can kind of play all of this and then it kind of took me off the scent but I'm always naturally suspicious of Crudup so like when it when it turned and it flipped I was like okay okay I could see it and I, I felt like you kind of you needed it too because otherwise I don't know the third act is kind of muted like you said after yeah. after the Shanghai set piece um, and that great I you know what do they kind of fuck themselves by opening yeah, in do, media res by kinda, opening with that scene
1: yeah because I mean you've already you've got I mean you're already at a heightened state because you've got the bridge scene you've had the you know, the big opener with, like, the rescue. You've got the bridge scene that comes after the the kind of fun, smooth heist. Because, you know, the minute you're out of that airplane and you're in transit, it's like, okay, now his dudes in a drone are coming for you, you mm-hmm. know? And you are just, and I, I like the pacing. I like the beat because after that, we're like, all right, cool, let's run. And immediately after that, it's like, you better get back to the hospital because this dude's going after your woman. Like, go. And then we're on to It's all
0: it's all Jesse Pinkman's fault, by the way. Yeah, of course. It's all Aaron Paul's fault.
1: Yeah. That was a nice surprise. I did forget about the fact that he was in that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um and then, you know, and then you're you're on to like, all right, we're gonna get this thing. And again, we talked about the subversion of that final sequence. It's kind of like subverting the I mean, you can't say it's a mirror act to what happens in two with him having to get into the the the, the, the um lab or whatever, but could essentially be the same thing um yeah and then we get all of this and we it, it, you know it we're all boiling down to like okay we know where we started we haven't seen that scene yet what are we doing and then you know we get to you know the fake out we get to basically you know that happened to her he shot her he's got a charge in his like he's got a charge in his head she doesn't right they didn't put one in Michelle I don't
0: won. think so. No, yeah. they
1: didn't. But they put one in his head. And so we go from like, you know, You know, basically now that he knows that his woman's safe, even though he's got a charge in his head, he's just going to have it out with David. It's just like, go. You know, mm-hmm. they're fighting whatever, whatever. And again, I just, it's, it's kind of one of the most like unceremonious, like, because here's my thing. If you ever wanted to do a, I didn't die. I had plastic surgery because that was not a fast enough car to run me over. I got right. my face messed up. I did a Clive Owen from Sin City, and I just got a new face.
0: And now I'm Josh Brolin. Yeah.
1: And now I'm Josh. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> or I'm now. I'm now. I'm Kittredge, or Now I'm William Donlow. You know, mm-hmm. and I've been secretly. And, I, and since then, I've been plotting left and right. I've been behind. Who do you think sold these guys Dude, after? I swear Who to do you God.
0: I swear to God. i do think
1: been selling them these um, arms this entire time? It's been me, Owen Davian. But I'm not Owen Davian because everybody thought he died. So I just they played
0: pull, If they pull a Spectre. Yeah. No. If they pull a Spectre and they do, Ethan, I was the architect of all your pain. Like, if they do that. I will be very upset with dead reckoning. Please do not do that. Please don't do that.
1: No, no, not like I'm uh, not like he was the architect of all the pain, but just like, oh, by the way, like you thought you got rid of me. I in actually you gave me the greatest gift. You killed me. Mm-hmm. I was off everybody's radar. And so what did I get to do? I got to come back and I got to sit back and watch you jump through all these hoops. But you know what I never forgot about? that time you fucking hung me out of a plane you son of a bitch and but now you can't, i you know, would
0: be great but you just you can't bring him back because like you can't bring somebody back and tell me that they're doing a philip seymour hoffman impersonation as that character you know
1: i, I don't know i just don't think no I've i mean that. that's the, that's the beauty of it is because like unfortunately philip seymour hoffman is no longer with us but like you were in a car and i just i don't know something about being pushed up in front of that trunk i don't see it as you like enough. It. you don't buy it you know it buy wasn't it. a semi It wasn't. I'm sorry.
0: It was just a regular old truck. Say what? Too low impact?
1: Yeah. It was just a little old, like, you know, farm truck, whatever, in this, like, whatever, Shanghai, wherever they were, whatever town they were in. It couldn't have been going fast enough. If it wasn't on an interstate going 70 miles an hour, even 30, okay, sure, it's a head-on impact, but, like, you know, I don't know if you remember this movie, uh, supremely accurate, Um there's a movie called Mr. Nanny where a guy went into a swimming pool with no water in it. And that guy survived with a metal plate, you know, no. his name was Xanatos. It was great. Um, you should watch it. It was a staple on TNT back in the day. But like that could happen. Like he could just have a huge like dome, like chrome dome plate.
0: Let's get more villains like that. in the in the Mission yeah. Impossible franchise, let's go yeah. more James Bond with it. Let's get yeah. some hook hands. Let's, uh, let's, let's get some, some cats hat. for people to pet on. Um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Adversary clearly goes to Mr. Owen Davian. Uh, I just, I mean, again, it's just great, great low-key with the occasional outburst. I love the performance. Possibly my favorite bit beyond the, like him as Ethan in The Facemaker is actually when Maggie Hughes spills the drink on him. And he's like, oh no, it's okay. I always spill wine on my $9,000 shirt right the way he just throws away that line is just your media is just like oh this guy fucking sucks like fuck this dude yeah it's great he's such an asshole i like it a lot okay uh favorite impossible mission which is essentially set piece it doesn't have to be like the mission but what, I mean, what's I, the set piece for this one
1: the thing that sold it for me was the i i had really thoroughly enjoyed the the um the bridge plain sequence just something about like it just felt it felt real but also fantastical because like you know he's like the explosion where he's like thrown but he's also kind of thrown to the side and he's still like he's still kind of there that i mean that's the stunt of this movie yeah
0: like that's the biggest tom cruise stunt i can remember throwing
1: throwing the g36 across and like jumping forward and like just tacking up and just let's go like i don't know i just i felt like this is this was the point. I know you'd already seen it before, but I thought it was like, this is the point where, like, you can tell this guy, like, really and truly trained and did all this stuff. Tom Cruise and his own person, but also mm-hmm. Ethan, because, you know, on top of doing all this crazy shit, he's like, get down, get out of here, like trying to save innocent lives that are being, you know, caught in a crossfire while returning fire while trying to get to this guy that he's just captured, you know, because you have that bit where crud ups like, Oh, by the way, that guy you've been looking for Lawrence Fishford, my guys got him. Like they're on the way in, by the way, just letting you know, you know, if I can,
0: if I can speculate, I think one of the things we have to think for like where this franchise ultimately goes as far as being a stunt spectacular, um, I think it's collateral, dude. I think it's the working with Michael Mann Mm -hmm. and working with somebody who puts you through the paces of like, this is, I need you to know how to do all of this shit backwards and forwards to play this character. This is how I approach things. I think a little bit of that had to rub off and it's like, oh, I I really liked like throwing myself into it because I just, I don't feel like it was as much a thing until like kind of this one going forward and then four is what really cements cements it but i just don't remember even though he was doing some stunt work in in one and two obviously and like some of you know the cliff the climbing and stuff was highlighted but like the actual like action of the thing being the focus and him being a part of it being able to show him doing it and not cut away i feel like really that's the gauntlet that gets thrown after this where it's like how how much can he do and it's like it's it's insane that they get more and more crazy and he gets older and older and it's mm-hmm. it's a very similar thing like keanu i'm watching i'm watching john wick chapter four and i'm like dude he's almost 60 like i don't i was <laughs> like i don't know if we could ask him to do too many more of these like he's still got it but like god damn and then you think about like Liam Neeson, who's been doing old man action for like two decades now, almost mm-hmm. crazy, crazy, crazy. It's that height, dude, those tall guys.
1: Yeah, the tall guys, it's They can fine. fight for a long time. Yeah, because as <laughs> long as you got the, if long if your knees and your shins are all right, you're fine. You can literally do anything, you know? And again, I think it, I can't, I, I, I cannot find a point in this movie where I'm taken aback by like, Bro, he's a lot shorter than bing rames right all of them like, that's all in how they frame him i um, yeah, no, no, it's perfectly done even in these big set pieces i'm like i don't feel like this guy is shorter than me running <laughs> around trying to save me right i feel like he's a bigger like larger than life action star so, trying um, to save the day you know so again,
0: i i definitely agree with you on the bridge sequence as an action set piece if i have to pick a mission again i i think uh The whole Vatican set piece, start to finish, of them getting out with him is about as satisfying as any of these sequences can be. And the simple fact that you have uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in the mix just elevates it just a little bit further, just the right amount of comedy. It's just chef's kiss.
1: I would argue that it's the last mission mission that is easy like that. As I feel like everything since... Oh, the,
0: I mean, four, yes, four is three, top to bottom, just with everything the, getting that, fucked up. Yeah,
1: that frame device of, like, get him, get out. And the only thing that messes up is the the voice on the, the voice, not the face maker self, just the voice. I like the idea that, like, that was the last easy mission that dude had. Because once that mission, quote-unquote, was over, they got him. Everything after that's off the books. Mm-hmm. It's not a, you know, because, you know, he's arrested, and they break, break right. him out, you know what I mean? So, like, that's the last real mission was him getting getting this arms dealer, and he did. And then every mission since then has been a huge, just like, what are we going to do? We got to, well, we're just going to, we're, we're going to press on. It's all, we'll, we'll do it. As long as we have each other and our ingenuity and, like, just a little bit of luck and some gadgets, we can do this thing. So I like that one being, like, this is how easy it could be, you know? Just as we're led to believe in the first one, like... We don't know what the hell happened in all that backstory, but it ends with him peeling the face mask off and be like, "Did we get it? Yeah, we mm-hmm. got it. Boom." I think I guess the next thing you could say would be like the one where they fake out old old boy about the uh, nuclear apocalypse. Like that's probably the next easiest thing where they do the interrogation and they make him think the bomb went off or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's another easy one that pops up as a little part of it. But like as a whole, yeah, that sequence is is probably the the last time it was super easy for him. So. For sure.
0: Um. All right. Do we hit all the categories?
1: Yeah, I think we did. I think we nailed it. Right. I think I think we'll be good next time when we if we can get into Brendan's apartment and and well, see what he has to think
0: I think the game plan uh for these next upcoming episodes is we're just gonna have a binge day where you come down here on a Saturday or Sunday and we just knock all three of them out. We just hang out over at Brendan's and that works. for me. Make some dinner. We can probably throw the movies on in the background and yeah. we'll have all of these in the tank.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of just rolling them with no sound and letting them go, and let us just kind of like talk about them specifically as they're happening, as like an organic thing about just the movie itself. Almost something that could run as a, excuse me, commentary on it, but also like you can watch it independently. You don't have to like you could sync it up with the movie, but you could listen to it in your car. You know what I mean, like it doesn't matter. Right, kind of flows as both, you know. The only thing do that. Actively I feel
0: like act- there's gonna, I, yeah, there's gonna be a lot
1: of. You'd uh, <laughs> be actively trying to not
0: a lot like, of quiet parts in between there.
1: Well, no, no, I mean, like you can keep the conversation going, but like just actively not trying to spill over into a movie you're not watching now. But yeah, I, and you know, it, when we're done talking, we're done talking. We can cut it off and cut another one on, or just keep them going. But I definitely think there's enough there with where this where the shift happens next go round to like push it forward into this whole like this is why you come to the movies
0: yes four yeah. five and six are very much of a piece and dead reckoning seems to be following suit essentially yeah. um but yes i it's it's hard to get where those are going without this transitional point which i feel mm-hmm. like is still a super strong entry uh yeah and outside of just feeling a little deflated by the third night there's so much other great stuff in here uh some of the best comedy in the whole franchise uh some of my favorite team members wish we saw more of them and it was just it was a good time loved going back to it uh but that's gonna do it for this episode of the road to reckoning i think we can officially say brother mission
2: Here to let you know that you've got to watch Ethan Hunt, uh, take it easy in retirement for a little bit, and then uh, you jump jump back in when a, a student of his is taken captive by a crazy army dealer, and uh, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to uh, shadow hunt and report back on how well he's doing adjusting to retired life, or if you think he's still got it to be in the field, and obviously, uh, as we always say on these things, if you're caught captured or, or killed uh, the secretary is going to disavow any knowledge of your actions uh, good luck and this uh this tape will self-destruct in five seconds and go see the Fable Mensch when you get a chance not playing anywhere anymore play <laughs> what
1: are
0: you gonna do <laughs> check it out on beauty. <laughs> all right cool I think I got enough to work with. I'm going to start editing this bad boy so I can get it up before midnight. All right. right. Love you, brother.
2: Love you, too. I'll see you soon. Later. Later.